Relationship Rewire is made possible by support from its listeners. So please hit pause and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. Go ahead. We'll be glad to wait. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in our world today. This episode is titled, Epic Public Displays of Affection and Technology. My guest is Gabby Powell. Okay, so I've got Gabby Powell with me here today. Hi, Gabby. Gabby has been on a couple before podcasts. Gabby actually works for Growing Love Network, and she's also my niece, and she's a pretty f- smart feller. Not feller. Am I a fella? No, you're not. Not at all. I'm a female. <laughs> so that brings up um, what we're going to experiment with today. We're just going to kind of try to have a conversation about some things, just our... Um, uh, stuff that we've noticed between generations that are different about relationships, who's right, who's wrong. I think we both recognize there's some stuff wrong with each generation and how they approach marriage and relationships. But okay, so I have uh, I just my wife Joanna came home with the book she found on the magazine stand the checkout line put out by Time, a, a special ed- Time edition. The Science of Marriage. It has several interesting articles with lots of uh, references to research in it. And um, there was, oh well, this one just caught both of our eyes. I'm going to start off with that one. And and, and it says, um, where did that go? Okay, Uh, it's talking about, I didn't know this term before, EPDAs, which stands for Epic displays of affection. I don't know what the P... They must be public. I guess so. Unless they're just trying to make epic sound huge by giving it two letters. (laughs) (laughs) Epic. Epic public displays of affection. Yes. And that um, your generation and maybe younger is really known. You were even saying, you know, known for that. Oh, absolutely. I feel relationships are run on EPDA. It used to be just PDA. And then our generation <laughs> came in and added an E. Yeah. P, a PDA was more like um, making out in public or something like that. Oh, like absolutely. Heavy, heavy duty kissing instead of a ni- little nice peck on the cheek. Or... Now it is all over. So social media is flooded. Public restaurants are flooded. It's everywhere. So when you say flooded, what do you mean? What 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 is examples of of an EPDA? Well, last time we talked about weddings and how those have become this, I mean, huge event that they didn't necessarily they weren't intended for, yeah. but they also have become a source of conflict between the couple instead of something to celebrate it. In the same way, I've seen that in social media, just. How you interact with your significant other. Um, Through social media? Correct. So if you have a, a partner, you better be listed in a relationship. 
or there, you're in trouble. Oh, absolutely. There's another acronym, um, DTR, which stands for Define the Relationship. <laughs> no, I I'm heard serious. That one and it's been like a comical but kind of true statement. It's like, well, are y'all Facebook official? Because <laughs> if you're not, then there's kind of room for discussion there of what you are. Okay, yeah. And so then the other, if one person is thinking, we're more into this relationship than you're putting out there publicly, then that could be a, in itself a source of tension. Oh, absolutely. You were saying, you were telling me right before we were recording about somebody you heard oh, about. I've had, I've overheard so many arguments about, or between couples who the girlfriend will be upset that her boyfriend isn't making his feelings known for her via social media. You don't post enough pictures of me. You don't like my stuff on Instagram enough. <laughs> or vice versa with a guy yeah, saying, gonna... you follow too many people on social media. or Too many guys with their shirts many... off yes. and, and, and showing their abs. In yes. <laughs> but most of the time it's, it's girls who don't feel like they're being validated in the relationship via social media. Well, this so this article says... Um, uh, some people believe if I want to show that I'm really in love and filled with happiness, I need to do something big to match my mm. feelings. It's not really true, though, it says. And then it goes on to say that there lies the rub. EPDAs reek of desperation, don't they? Couples who gush the most on Facebook about how amazing their relationship is are most likely to have meh, meh. M-E-H. Meh. See, that's, this is how out of sync I am with a uh, man is like is that like it's like blah? blah okay unless that's an acronym and I'm just not up to date okay. but I thought maybe they left the T as meth relationships <laughs> if the, if you're if you're the more you're meth. doing public displays the more likely you're doing meth <laughs> that may be true <laughs> I was about to say um, it's funny because my boyfriend and I both have these this couple friend on Facebook and it almost became like a comical thing it would be like we would see which which one would try to outgush the other mm -hmm. um, who and they were doing long distance and there was a part in my relationship where I was like am I not am I not displaying that enough for other people to see mm -hmm. and I personally, I've more felt loved when it's been intimate. Yeah, just between the two. Yeah, and that actually came out in another conversation about Valentine's Day, which just happened. And, you know, you see it even beginning in middle school, like they do the roses now that they pass out in classes. I mean, it's love has become such an epic public display of affection and that's kind of intimidating to know that that's happening that young and that's kind of the I, see I'm, I'm kind of guilty of this because I don't post I mean well I post almost daily on, on Facebook actually you've post for me that's my job on Facebook but it's it's you know it's more about what I do um 
for my, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working with marriages, um, something that we've got, got coming up or um, a thought for the day kind of thing. When, when I post on Instagram um, or Facebook about something that's not about mm -hmm. that, it's usually about either my kids or Joanna, but probably more often Joanna. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like I'm trying to make an EPDA. But well, I'm like, so, what, are you, what are your thoughts about well, that? No, I was going to say, because I'm, I'm a romantic. Mm -hmm. And romantic gestures, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for. I'm, I'm not saying I'm immune and that I feel most love when I'm sitting in a corner ignored. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I think it's more of displaying affection as you feel it and organically okay. and if you were if so instead of like what you're saying instead of sitting down and telling that person that it's that you, you think a lot of people are just what whenever they're confessing their love it's to the whole world instead of absolutely okay. instead of the person sitting right next to them yeah if they put that much effort into just sitting down and telling them those things to their face what difference it would make totally i mean i think it's really special when someone feels that confident in the love that they feel for their partner to be like, I can't shut up about it. And mm -hmm. I need other people to know because I'm very proud yeah. of the person that you are and the person that you make me in our relationship. I am all about that. I think that's incredible. But if your partner says, I get that confidence, whenever it's just you, me in a room and no one's around. Mm. That to me is what can justify like making that epic public display. Sure. If you're doing it enough unpublicly. Absolutely. But if, if most if it's weighted heavier on the public then yeah. you're really not showing that That's a lot of pressure. And what do you mean pressure? What do you mean by that? It's a lot it's a lot of because for one when you make one epic public display, does that mean it's like, well, crap, I've got to top the one I did last okay, week. So, okay, so the, the, the same per Oh, yeah, okay. Like, I said I love you last week yeah. on social media. Now i got to do it, like, all caps. Now, I love you. And then, then you next week's got to have double exclamation. Bees, double <laughs> okay, But it also seems to me like there's a difference between, like, a, a new relationship that's a not necessarily fully committed mm -hmm. Um, and you know, somebody in my case has been married 32 years. Um, or is there a difference? I, or is that just me trying to imagine that, um, I'm not so, I don't have so much pathology in my head. That, no, <laughs> I think, I think, and I know you're an advocate. I think you date for life. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's also different for why are you in the relationship to begin with? Mm -hmm. And I feel Though dating should be fun, I personally, I waited a very long time to date because I didn't, I didn't want to waste my time. Mm -hmm. And so I knew when I was going to be a partner to someone that I was going to take that seriously. And I mean, it's weighted differently than marriages, but I'm still going to pursue that person with serious intention. And so I think it's, it's. There's a, this part where you're getting to know someone and you're still feeling like, I think I, we're not totally committed, even though we're exclusive. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think that's necessarily bad to let the other person know that I want you to feel safe mm-hmm. and exclusive. Yeah. Um, and that I'm loyal. I kind of think that's natural. But to feel like you are having to, it's an obligatory task. I, I would hate, I, I don't want to be the recipient of that. What do you mean obli- obligatory? So if my boyfriend posted a picture of me and I wouldn't want him to post one. Expecting you to post one back? Post one back or that he now has to make that like on a timetable. Uh-huh. Next week I expect one. Um, okay, yeah. It also, does it also kind of seem like for lack of a better term, peeing on your territory. <laughs> this is mine. Well, I I know that for friends who have been single, when they meet someone, that's actually a way that they've been able to tell mm-hmm. if someone is... Taken. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. They're like, well, they did have a couple pictures with that, yeah. that dude or with that girl. And so I understand how social media can be used as a way to say, hey, I'm off the market. Mm-hmm. Or And that that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, 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 I don't think it is. I think I think it might raise more questions if you were vehemently against like believing in that or Yeah. Okay, well that brings up another um because uh kind of one of the topics that we thought about discussing we and we were looking at wrapping it into this, I think anyway, was um so you know there's a lot of people a lot of social scientists psychologists um saying that uh things like facebook and texting and all that um, are interfering with relationships so and i I think what where they're coming from and i agree to a large extent that if i'm not seeing eye to eye with my mate and we're in in a car together Mm -hmm. Um, I can't just jump out of the car, <laughs> you know, yeah. but if, if we're in a text and they're saying something I don't like, I can just not answer them. And if they say, Hey, where are you? I can say, well, yeah, I'm doing this or that, you know, it's, it's like gives you this out that's kind of unhealthy where you're, you're not really relating to that person because you, you can get out of when it's uncomfortable for you so easily. Mm. So I, I do see that, and I also see that it can that it can just interfere with, you know, it's just, it's just a whole lot easier to text than, than to sit down face-to-face with somebody. Oh, that's so funny because I know that because I'm someone who I love to write mm-hmm. and I feel that I ramble in person, mm. so I... I know that I have been guilty of preferring to text because I feel I can put my thoughts together, especially if it is about conflict, which mm-hmm. is, I know from experience, the worst time to um, depend on texting or any kind of where it's not face-to-face, even phone calls. And mm-hmm. But I realize the importance of being kind of there and vulnerable with my thoughts. I think it's a pride thing for me anyways, mm-hmm. because I don't want to sound not put together. I don't want my, I don't want my points to sound weaker. Mm-hmm. And 
that's where I think technology has given people this confidence barrier or um, it goes back to the power struggle. I can, I can keep my power if I can be in control of the conversation. Yeah. It's a way to control that. So that's, there's a positive, unless you're just really illiterate and then uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you still have, maybe a, this is maybe you still have a, a confidence <laughs> that this is sounding exactly right where it's like, uh, I don't even know what you're saying. Cause it you're, would be a red flag <laughs> if you can't text though as well. I should stress that. Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who were once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Hello, this is Max Lucado. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. Well, okay, yeah, so that that was one of the, you were wanting to um, talk about, and I think rightly so, about there are a lot of positives about technology too. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. What else? Um, I, I'm in a long distance relationship right now. And so just logistically speaking, social media or technology, and we just started FaceTiming and that was a really weird concept, Mm -hmm. but it's incredible how technology can actually supplement your relationship and make you feel closer if you're not abusing it mm. and you mean by abusing it you mean like using it as as uh, an easier alternative to actually being with that person correct so I mean I think this is why um, dating sites are only halfway successful because they're really good at maybe matching people on compatibility what you know quote unquote compatibility yeah. matching them but, how they're alike exactly but when you get them in person they realize that maybe I'm actually not interested in putting the effort of conflict resolution mm. and yeah. that to me is actually how a relationship is is different than a match mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's what uh, I think one of the things it may do, I think if it's used well, you know, we've talked about limerence and, mm-hmm. and that are what most people call in love, mm-hmm. which is really just a bio psychological um, reaction that goes away typically at, at about a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I could envision a world where everybody just dates for about a year and a half through technology and that's when they you know they learn about what's different about each other and they learn to accept that and then they plus they might get past the whole limits phase where their genitals are not um, <laughs> overruling their head and um and they and they're you know 
their blind passion is is mm. in the way and then well, what do you think of that then they get to a point where okay I, I know this person I know what I don't like about them and I know what I like about them but I'm still willing to commit and then that whole limerence phase is passed and then they can have a real relationship right what do you think of that well it's funny because my boyfriend who's a teacher where I thought my generation was guilty of depending on technology it's so interesting to see through stories he's told me how even the generation after me is taking that step further. He, he's told me about kids who they don't even text even more. It's like, oh, but I got her Snapchat huh. name or, yeah. but we follow each other on Instagram. And that's becoming actually, it's becoming this um, series of messages Mm-hmm. Um, that are hidden, it's like, but she liked my picture, so she digs me now. Uh-huh. Or we we now chatted on Snapchat, and it's just a bizarre reality that it's kind of like that generation is moving towards that. So how, I don't know. I don't know where you draw the line of relationships are doomed now. Well, I actually, you know, uh, we always told our kids, even before they got to the dating age, um, and they looked at us like we were from another planet when we said it, like, we just don't get it, but we like, don't even go out on a date with somebody that you know you wouldn't marry. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's just not how it's done. And well, we know that's not how it's done, but because you can fall in love with literally anybody, yeah, um, and then when you're in limerence with somebody you will not see them for who they really are for you know uh, roughly a year uh, but then in that year's time Probably. you're going to make some mm-hmm. crazy decisions like quit my job or let's get married or let's have sex and and you know a baby comes along or whatever and then um, a year and a half later once the limerence wars off then you see this person for who they really are and you went oh I would have not married this person but if you're, so if you're, if, if you don't go out with somebody that in the first place that you know you wouldn't marry, then that's not going to happen. But so I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, that's a, a plus side of this, that um, you would really get to know that person somewhat. You ne- you're never going to get to know a person if you're not spending time right. or physically around them. But you're going to get to know um, a little bit about how they think and how they react to things and how they react to how uh, things they don't like about you. That's true. That uh, that maybe it will help you kind of maybe dating is just changing that way. So that, yeah, I can. I, There's like a almost a, a safety barrier before yeah. you're hands on in it. You know, all the way in the pool. Yeah. It, it's funny though because. Because that's what people, it's like they, they want to bypass, when you, you said the pool. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of, of the whole process of, of dating and falling in love. It's like you start off in the shallow end, and as you feel safe with that person, mm-hmm. then you feel safer to go a little deeper. The fun, the fun end is the deep end. That's where the high dive and the slide and everything is, but it's also where you can get held under and Ground. That's really good. And yeah. so, like speed dating or finding a, somebody on on a dating site, it's kind of like trying to bypass the shallow end and just jump right into the deep end with somebody. 
if you just, you know, if you, oh, here, we're a match, and then you go out and, and you just, you think it's going to go so well that you just speed up that whole process of the whole shallow end. Right. Um, but, but it can actually, if you're adding the, not just the finding the match, but also the texting and Snapchatting and all that mm-hmm. to get to know them, then it does kind of create that process of the shallow end, maybe. You just roasted Tinder's whole, like, <laughs> that. that's their thing, though. Which I'm sitting here, and we're talking about basic things. Yeah. Like, someone, I like this, I like, I don't like that. And then all I can think about is, but there is an app that I, 90% of the people my age use, and it's solely based on this person's attractive. Yeah. <laughs> this person's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the, oh, man. Some of it scares me, <laughs> but yeah, the thing is that we can't, we can't, I mean, technology is happening and it will happen and it always has, and we can't just fight against it. We got to, bottom line, find the best way to, to use it, but also understand that it's all commercially driven. So, so in your line of work, where do you see technology being healthy um or had clients that their experience with one it. one big way i mean is it you know like just our podcast where um it's so easy for people to access good information mm-hmm. to help them in the relationship where before you know people would have to go to the bookstore and then they might spend you know twenty dollars on a book and then and the book's not any good and doesn't really help them and then um they may go you know a month later and get another book and hope it helps them but now we can you know well there's tons of marriage podcasts out there well you mm-hmm. can you can listen to one for 15 minutes and if not it's not it then you can find another it's one not this one yeah <laughs> so that part is is good i think also the one big kind of romantic gesture of, of my generation is putting post-it notes on the bathroom mirror or something or, you know, hidden in their car. See, under... I'm a sucker for that. I would <laughs> rather that any day than an Instagram there post. There is something funny. Yeah, because it does kind of... it's like that was for me and for me to see. Well, yeah, and that's where I was going with that. Not so much the, the PD or EPDA. EPDA. But, um, you know, just sending directly to... Your mate a, a text saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm thinking it's that make you know technology makes that so much easier." So, mm-hmm. in, in other words, we we actually we have a, a set of post-it notes walking around with us. Sure. So we so if you're doing that more than you would a post-it note. Now, on the other hand, though, the downside of that is okay. Now that you're walking around with a pocket full of post-it notes, mm-hmm. if you're never leaving post-it notes, then then that can make the other person feel like, oh, you're not thinking of me and, you know, feel alienated too. It, it's almost like, am I am I in this for the community community pressure of, like, leaving a post-it note? Am I leaving this <laughs> actually for anyone to see? Yeah. But have you, as a husband, ever felt pressured on social media, like seeing husbands who post about their wives, have you ever felt that pressure? Yeah, I have. I have. Have you ever posted 
at, like directly after midnight. Yeah, I'll show I, him. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, maybe I have. I think maybe I've been. I would like to say inspired by other people to, to post <laughs> something. A good one. But yeah, but I it goes back to what you're saying earlier. I do think that Joanna would it, it appreciates uh, a couple short little texts throughout the day of just hey, hope you're having a good day. I love you as much, maybe even more than she would me writing a poem on Facebook for the whole world to oh. see about her. Actually, I'd be interested to see a poem. Oh, <laughs> well, I maybe I should say prose. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is though, I I know you as a couple, and y'all do go on dates all the time. Y'all are empty nesters also for the first time, so yeah, there is even fun. more exactly more reason. Yeah. Next podcast, <laughs> we're having <laughs> we are having more and more dates. But, but yeah. I know that that's who y'all are, and so that wouldn't bother me. To see, and it does. It, I think it's so cool to actually have people close to me in my life that I know that they're dating on and off social media, mm-hmm. and they're using technology for a way that I can hopefully mimic that in my relationship. So why do you this? It says EPDAs reek of desperation, don't they? First of all, do you agree with that, and if so, why? Or why not? Oh, I do and I don't because, again, I've known some dudes who are just incredibly romantic. And if they're taking a girl on a date, they've planned it from picking her up at the doorstep till the flowers that come a week later telling them that they had a good time. Mm -hmm. And I've known guys like that. Mm -hmm. And I would say that's pretty dang epic. Mm -hmm. But, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it kind of goes back to how how do I feel loved? How does your partner feel loved? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of the cool thing about it is I think we all have different gauges on what we would consider EPDA. Sure. And, and it's, it's so funny you say that because it took me at least 25 years to start to figure this out. And so, for example, it would be Valentine's Day. And I know that almost everything every gift that I get Joanna, Mm -hmm. it's always not quite her taste. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this kind of understood, you know, okay, it's the thought that counts, but I know you're going to return it and get something that you like. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so um, for like almost every Valentine's Day for 20 plus years, it would just be like, Okay, it's Valentine's Day, Darna. Where would you like to go eat? And would you like to see a movie? If so, which, you know? And I just thought, I'm being thoughtful because I am taking her into consideration. And mm. she would be so hurt by that. And I didn't get it forever. Um, but and you were just explaining that, that she could, she would rather go to a restaurant that, that doesn't, that she's not really into, knowing that I took the time to research. And make a uh, you know reservation, mm-hmm. and then have the whole evening planned out. And it, but even if you know, even if it was that we went to Top Golf, which you know mm-hmm. that she would has really no interest in golfing. But if she knew that I had planned it all out, that would mean so much more to her than getting to do what she felt like doing. And I didn't get that. Is it? Is that no, kind of... I I get that because. 
I know that you are, your love language is, is gifts. Mm-hmm. And so I know that it probably would actually hurt you more to get her something that she didn't like. Gifts is number two, by the way. Physical is touch is physical my number touch. one. Of course it is. <laughs> and, but it would probably hurt you to get her a gift that she doesn't like. Yeah. And so obviously you're like, well, I'm just going to bypass that disappointment and yeah, just give yeah. you the gift that you want. And I think that Angel acts of service. Yes. Is that her number one? one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably always will be. Yep. And so (laughs) I know that she is someone who will quietly get everything fixed for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that means she would like reciprocated is time and effort given to her. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're, you know, we're talking about getting to know people and how like technology can get in the way of that. I feel like epic displays of public affection are completely warranted if you are doing it for them. Yeah. And if you're devoted to finding out what makes your partner tick and why. Yeah. And you're curious about them. So with this, this reeks of insecurity or reeks of desperation. Because usually it's about you. That's the one that, yeah, it's about me or it's about the people listening to me, Mm -hmm. not about the person. Absolutely. That, that they're talking about. It's not really about them. Yeah. yeah. And I and that's such a good like I'm checking myself like while saying this out loud because I I want to always remember that if I'm if I'm putting something on social media, if I am sending a text, if I'm if I'm doing something, you know, for my significant other, am I doing it for that person? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it for him or am Am I doing it to fulfill something in me? Uh, yeah. And therein lies the rub. Okay, so what do you think my generation, and not necessarily about technology, or it could be, but what are something we're just not getting by and large? I mean, maybe, you know, sticking with technology, that technology doesn't have to hinder a relationship flourishing. It okay. can be used to supplement. So, um, if before smartphones came along and you're in the same room with your spouse and and it's just the two of you in the same room, you knew that you could just, you know, even if one of you is reading an article or something and the other one's, uh, I don't know, playing a game, doing whatever. But you, before smartphones came along and you knew that you could just, say something at any moment that other person would automatically pay attention to you and answer back. But now with smartphones, you have to go like, hello. Hey, hello. hello. Come here, right here. Uh, it, uh, yeah. And, you, and then you have to wait for them to finish the text they're writing. So it sounds like you're saying, okay, and you, I'm tell, talking about Joanna and I, yeah. um, what you're saying is, John, this is technology. You've got to get over that. Well, we're currently recording and getting your message out via technology, so there's only so much we can hold against it. But I think maybe that's where, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's where your generation can say, no, you don't get it. The distraction is so prevalent that you don't even see it anymore. Mm. I'm sitting here on my phone in my lap right now. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it might vibrate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would I miss? <laughs> um, but I think 
that means setting boundaries and maybe you don't have to be so, you know, we must put our phones away. But maybe, maybe you do. Maybe that's something we need to be better about. Yeah, and maybe it's just, it's not like every time it's just the two of us that the phone should go away, but maybe there should have be like some sacred times that, hey, this is a time when I, um, that when we, as a couple, mm-hmm. we just don't, we just don't, we turn our phone off or we just don't, you know. I mean, I remember answer. growing up, my dad, and this is back when pagers were a thing, and <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have a cell phone. When we sat down and ate dinner, my dad's pager and the landline were off limits okay. until yeah. we were done having dinner. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't tell you the last time that I've had a meal where I haven't, even if I haven't been on my phone, I haven't had it within three feet of me, unless it's charging. But I just got a 10-foot charging cord, so that has changed things also. <laughs> Man, talk about being chained to technology. So you're, so you're saying that's a bad thing that you, that you even now, um, even though that's how you grew up with the pager getting put away, the phone's not being put away. It's all, we're all keeping it nearby. Or are you saying that's a bad thing? I don't know, because now I feel like I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> I, I feel that I'm, I'm still learning how to make technology part of my life and not running my life. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like y'all's generation had a better grip on that, but I also don't think it's, you know, something that should be written off altogether. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely got to. I mean, you can't just poo-poo it. It's it's part of our lives. And the, the, I think the key is how do we how do we not let it take us over, mm-hmm. but um, use it like it's supposed to be a tool for us. Um, one So you know people. I don't think you're one of them because sometimes I don't hear back from when I text you for 24 hours, but... Working on it, working on it, trying, but I'm, Here's the thing, I'm one of those people too. Some people will text me and not get a reply for 24 hours. And uh, and maybe this is just something that I, I find easier to do than some, but it does seem like some people, it's like, um, it's it's their sense of, of personal identity mm-hmm. to, they just, it gets, it makes them feel so good to be connected to people. Mm. And and I, I know I'm just not wired that way. So maybe, you know, like, I don't have any scientific basis for this, but people who are more extroverted seems like they, they're they more on their phone. See, on, I mm. actually just read an article, I'll send it to you later, mm. talking about how a lot of people who are lonely actually tend to gravitate towards social media use. Mm-hmm. And... I, I remember a couple months ago, I gave up all my social media for a month. Best month ever. <laughs> it was incredible, the things that you rid yourself of when you aren't looking and seeing who got married next and who's pregnant again. And But at the same time, I found that as someone who, that's the way that I, because I am an introvert, that's probably the one 
outlet I have that people would say, no, Gabby, we know how you're doing because of social media. <laughs> so again, yeah, this, it's a give and take. Well, one of the things, so Joanna is extremely extroverted and um, sometimes, I think sometimes for me, because she could always take more conversation with me than, than I, you know, <laughs> well, extroverts, conversation, right. it drains your batteries, introverted charges them. But it's Start that reverse it. I'm sorry. Introverts, introverts it drains your battery, extroverts it charges it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I said you that. You were blowing my mind. Okay. <laughs> um so Joanna's an extrovert and maybe um sometimes I think what bothers me is is more myself. It's that okay, I am not giving her as much conversation as she's liking, so she's having to go elsewhere. So it's kind of convicting mm-hmm. to me, this conversation, that probably if if I initiated more conversation with her that's enjoyable and relaxing and, you know, empathic, uh, then, then she wouldn't feel such a need to get her batteries charged by interacting with everybody that's else up there. That's a really good point. And again, it kind of goes back to the how you operate on... With technology, I think all comes back to, well, how are you operating actually outside of that? Mm-hmm. It, I think that you can operate it on social media and technology healthily, but it, it to me, it's actually more about your off-screen time, mm-hmm. like what's going on out there. Yeah. If, so, you, ha- if you have off-screen time. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, those Apple Watches, though, man. <laughs> I know. And, and maybe that's where we're headed. That there, that with this, you know, uh, I remember reading an article twenty five years ago that eventually we're all going to have this implanted in our heads, and so we'll just be walking around wired all the time. Oh, I was going to tell you, I read an article about a pizza site where you can order it in your head. <laughs> no. Yes, and I was like. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> Domino's like, knows what no, I'm thinking. Seriously. And then it was like a remote. It was like, so you don't even have to get up to change the channel. You're just like, next, next, blink, next. <laughs> my next door neighbor would have pizzas showing up at the door every five minutes. Oh my God. Just because he's thinking it. <laughs> oh, well, it's probably a good place to stop. Uh, we got... A lot more of these uh, topics to bring up in future podcasts, but uh, it's been fun, Gary. Yeah, thank you for having me again. All right, thank you. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's relationshiprewire at gmail.com.
Is your church or organization looking for a course that doesn't just provide information, but actually transforms marriages and relationships? Then visit us at growinglovenetwork.org to see how our Growing Love course can work for you. Growing Love has been chosen by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas course, and it's also recommended for engaged couples.